Welcome to the Convivium COVID-19 Podcasts. Visit us at www.convivium-brecken.com. Series 1. Paradoxes in an Ancient Landscape. What a Welsh Mountain Taught Me About God and the World. By Mark Clavier. Episode 10. Wonder. I'm pleased to say I never heard Gwyn Up Neath's hounds, but neither did I wake up a poet on the following morning. I'll let others comment on the state of my mental health. After breakfast, I broke down my tent, packed up my bag, and rejoined the Minforth path to begin my climb up to Penegadaya. Cater Idris's summit was barely visible behind me as I left my bivouac looming high above Kumkai in the gloom of the early morning. The first morning rays had just appeared above low-lying clouds, bathing the landscape in a pinkish hue. The air was fresh, and a light breeze had begun to rise. It looked like a beautiful day lay ahead. I passed the spot where I had watched the setting sun the previous night and continued up the steep slope. Beneath my feet, the path wound around boulders and took me over weathered rocks and deep gullies where rain and foot traffic had eroded the earth. Eventually, I reached the trickiest part of the day's climb, traversing a high bank of scree still damp with the morning's dew. Fortunately, I'd thought to bring my trekking poles, and with their help, picked my way up the broken rock field without much difficulty. At the top, I was afforded an amazing view down to Shinkai, which at that very moment was transformed into a massive dark mirror that reflected the early morning's fiery rays. Low clouds started flowing like a river of smoke over the ridge and into Kumkai as I resumed my journey. The ground became progressively rockier and otherworldly. The low clouds briefly settled in so that the vast looming rocks through which the path threads appeared as vague and ominous shapes in the gunmetal grey of the morning. But as I neared the Bothy at the top of Penegadire, the mist lifted, and I was presented with a spectacular view of western Wales. To the south and east I could see more hills and mountains than on the previous evening, but now to the west the Irish Sea stretched into the distance until its blue became indiscernible from the blue of the sky. Its choppy waves danced like tiny diamonds along a broad blue field broken only by the scattered black dots of boats. Closer to me were sandy beaches and an inlet where the river Maulthach feeds into the sea with Barmouth nestled on its northern shore. To the north, I could just discern Snowdon, and the surrounding mountains that I know so well. The view from atop Cader Idris on a clear day rates among the best. As I said during my first talk, people generally go to the trouble of climbing to the top of mountains to experience something wonderful. I've sat on many mountaintops enthralled by a kind of wonder that nourishes the soul for days afterwards. I can think of a spot in the Appalachians where on a crisp autumn morning I admired mountains of yellow, gold, and red layered upon each other as far as the eye could see. 
or a height in Iceland above a broad alluvial plain with neon green hills all around me and a high edge wall of solidified lava field to my right, or an enormous horizontal rock high up on the Mont Blanc Massif with alpine peaks surrounding me and a crevasse-lined glacier below. I could go on. Wonder and mountaintops go together. That's why so many have been considered the abode of the gods or powerful spirits. Summits feel like special places where wonder is refined to its essence and offered to those committed enough to ascend to them. In the words of Robert McFarlane, the true blessing of the mountains is not that they provide a challenge or a contest, something to be overcome and dominated. It is that they offer something gentler and infinitely more powerful. They make us ready to credit marvels. Mountains return to us the priceless capacity for wonder, which can so insensibly be leached away by modern existence. And they urge us to apply that wonder to our own everyday lives. Wonders elate and overwhelm us. Or rather, the feeling of overwhelming elation and awe is what we call wonder. The word itself originally referred to the object, the thing that astonishes us, as in the seven wonders of the world. Later, its definition expanded to include our emotional response to such marvels, the wonder we feel. In both cases, though, it was reserved for the truly extraordinary or astounding, which is how it was used in phrases like wonderful counselor or the wonderful works of God. Later, however, its force was leached away through overuse to mean simply extremely good, as when we say, what a wonderful present. We've lost the wonder of wonder. Yet I think we mean something more than an appreciation for extremely good things when we speak of a sense of wonder. Here we retain something of the older meaning. To experience wonder is for a moment to return to our earliest childhood. To have a sense of wonder requires a kind of vulnerability that obliges us from time to time to shed our adulthood and respond to the world as we did when we were very young. When we were born and began to explore life outside our mother's womb, the world and wonder almost perfectly coincided. Everything was new, and every experience taught us something about life. Yes, there are undoubtedly plenty of bumps and bruises that distressed and upset us, but that was just part of the process of learning that all isn't, in fact, delightful. Other than that, everything from our mother's milk to the blue sky were wonders for us to savor. I can remember my baby son, transfixed by his own hand, studying it, it seemed to me, as an art critic might study a sculpture. In Earth and Mind, Our Education, Environment, and the Human Prospect, David Orr calls wonder part of our original equipment at birth. That's vital for the flourishing of society. He's speaking here of our innate response to nature, what he terms the sheer joy in the created world. In other words, our first impulse is to enjoy the world around us, to delight in the wonders it affords. But, or warns, as our sense of wonder 
in nature diminishes, so does our sense of the sacred, our pleasure in the created world, and the impulse behind a great deal of our thinking. To have a sense of wonder is to be truly alive. Arguably, no one catches the childlike nature of wonder better than G.K. Chesterton. In one of my favorite passages, he describes a childlike God. A child kicks its legs rhythmically through excess, not absence of life, because children have abounding vitality, because they are in spirit fierce and free. Therefore, they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again. And the grown-up person does it again until he's nearly dead. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exult in monotony. But perhaps God is strong enough. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun, and every evening, do it again to the moon. He may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never got tired of making them. It may be that he has the eternal appetite of infancy, for we have sinned and grown old, and our father is younger than we. To wonder is to be childlike and perhaps even godlike. It's to find joy and elation in something other than us, a kind of intense delight in another for its own sake. It's to be attuned to the continuous newness of our ancient world. Chesterton, however, raises a crucial point about wonder. It can't survive monotony. I'm continually struck by my own inability to sustain a wonder in the face of familiarity. If I stand atop Penavan in the Brecon Beacons, as I do with some regularity, and take in the majestic views that surround me, the feeling now has nothing like the intensity it first had. Familiarity has drained away some of the peak's majesty. Perhaps our difficulty in sustaining wonder in the face of familiarity and understanding lies at the heart of our world's disenchantment. Where the old gods and spirits have gone also transcendent ideals, found in religion, but also in a shared social imagination that once bound us together and, and enabled us to find meaning communally. Now we must seek fulfillment on our own, like the solitary explorers of old, armed mainly with the tools of science, psychology, and technology. Fine, perhaps, if we manage to stumble upon El Dorado but more likely to end with us lost in the jungle of modern life. A disenchanted world is often a lonely one. If we think of wonder and enchantment as closely linked, I think we can better see why we often feel lost in modernity. In literature, enchanted items and places are normally either sacrosanct or threatening, or both. A child would probably find it odd for an enchanted forest to be logged in a fairy tale, unless by villains, and no one ever suggested that Excalibur should be studied, replicated, and mass-produced for King Arthur's knights. Rather, the appropriate attitude towards enchantment and marbles is reverence. They lie beyond human tinkering and influence and are never to be treated lightly. 
Folk tales are full of stories of fools who failed to respect this ancient law to their own cost. Our current climate crisis and ecological calamities suggest this is a lesson we must relearn. Wonder and enchantment insist that we accept that we're not the world's masters, that much must remain outside of our reach and beyond our desire to tinker and mold for our own use. A reverence for the wonder of creation requires a willingness to accept a middling status, made little lower than angels, rather than to struggle endlessly to be gods, master of every atom of creation. By refusing to be gods, we gladly accept our creatureliness, our place within the community of creation, rather than somewhere outside it. We allow the rest of creation to enjoy its own status apart from us. This has been a production of Convivium, an initiative of Brecon Cathedral to encourage people to live well with God, creation, their local heritage, and each other. For more information about Convivium, visit us at www.convivium-brecon.com.